I'm here with Jeremy Grader and Zach Tucker of The Fit Mess. How are you folks doing today? We're good. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having us on. So could you tell me a little bit about your podcast? Uh, well, it's uh, relatively new, actually. We just launched last October uh, after sort of um, having a lot of conversations just personally about our, our struggles with uh, kind of uh, physical and mental health uh, issues. And uh, eventually we decided that those were conversations that might be beneficial to other folks to hear. Um, and recognizing that neither of us really knows what we're talking about, we decided that it would be a good idea to uh, to have a guest on each time to offer some insight into whatever area of, uh, of health that we're focused on to sort of offer some folks some ideas on how to maybe take on their own challenges and, uh, and, and try and find ways to, to improve themselves. And how long have you been doing this show? Uh, we just launched in what, October? October. Late October. Relatively new. Yeah. And how many episodes have you done? I think we just posted our seventh episode. Seventh. Yeah. Okay. So you're very close to getting that eighth episode, um, that pod fading milestone. Yes. Yeah. Now with that in mind, I, prior to this, I did, I've done a number of podcasts. I had one that ran about 13 years, uh, that just wrapped up last year. Um, so I've, I've been in this space for a long time. Uh, so this was just sort of a natural progression as, um, as my lifestyle and, and sort of the things that I, that I'm interested in have changed. Uh, it just made sense to start talking about this instead of, um, the, the more kind of you know, chat show with, I did a show with my brother and, and a friend of mine and, um, it was a lot of fun, but it, it was involved a lot of drinking and a lot of just, um, you know, just kind of cracking jokes and, and, and chatting about our lives and, and, um, a lot of the choices I'd made about the way I wanted to, you know, take care of myself changed and it just didn't really fit that format anymore. So, uh, so this made a lot more sense to, to dive into this. Yeah. And on the other hand, I, I haven't done podcasting ever really before. I think I've been procrastinating it for about 13 years. <laughs> So when I decided that I, I kind of wanted to share my message a little bit, I, you know, I've been telling people my story on my journey through health and wellness, and it seemed to be having an impact on people. And I realized, you know, hey, I need to tell the story to a larger audience, at which point I decided to take advantage of Jeremy's technical skill around <laughs> podcasts and uh, jumped right into it. So it seems like your personal journey has really motivated the show. Yeah. And, you know, and, and like Zach said, the, his story is inspirational. And, uh, you know, I can pinpoint uh, a, a, a specific conversation that he and I had where I sort of ramped up what I had already begun. You know, I've, I've been dealing with uh, going to therapy for a long time for many years, um, had sort of sort of played around with different uh, weight loss tools and things uh, about a year ago and didn't really get serious about it until we, we were actually camping one, one weekend and uh, we're sitting by the fire one morning and, and Zach was sort of telling me more specifically uh, the things that he had done to sort of get his health on, on a better track. And I was like, that's all I needed. Like for whatever reason, that moment, that fire, that conversation just lit a spark and it sent me on a journey that just my, my self-improvement um, efforts and goals were just, easier and easier to, to, to take on and, and defeat. Um, and it was through a lot of the conversations we were having and he was offering a lot of tips. And, uh, and so, like I said, that just sort of sparked the idea that, you know, other people need to hear these conversations and hopefully, hopefully have those same, uh, epiphanies. And what have been the biggest challenges of doing this show? I, I would have to say the, the biggest challenge for me was, uh, I mean, we're, we're talking about things that are very typically a vulnerable situation for a guy. Um, it's not, you know, it's not common practice for to talk about your feelings and how you're struggling and 
you know, it's it's more common to put on a brave face and, and pretend that everything is okay. And um, we're, we're just airing it all out there. So, and, and in hopes that other people recognize that and it validates, you know, their feelings that they've been trying to hide. So in, from my perspective, that's been the hardest part for me is, is just getting vulnerable and airing it out there to however, tens of people who download our podcast, right? <laughs> tens and tens. No, that's, that's true. It, um, and I don't think it's difficult for us just in, in our conversations to be vulnerable, but there is a fine line when you're putting something out there publicly for people to listen to and, and trying to decide where, you know, what, where's, how far is too far in sharing, you know, intimate thoughts and, and struggles, um, without, you know, I don't know, concerning people or, or, or putting them off or exposing too much of yourself. So, you know, we try and be as, as authentic as we can, um, you know, while, while protecting a certain level of privacy and, and that sort of thing. Uh, I think the other challenge we are about to face, Zach is actually moving across the country to New York. Um, so luckily the show that I did for 13 years, I did with my brother who lived in uh, both California and New York during that time. So I have some experience in dealing with the the cross country uh, connections and all that. But uh, when you add that level of technical difficulty, there's there's no matter how reliable your system is, there's almost always some failure. Um, so that's going to be a big challenge is, is kind of bridging that 2000 miles to to make it sound like we're still you know as connected as we are. Yeah. Doing those remote shows is quite a lot different. Yeah, when you talk about intimacy, like, you know, it's easy to sit across the table and sort of forget that you're having a conversation that people are going to listen to when you're staring at, you know, a Skype screen or Zencaster or whatever it is. It's, uh, you know, there's a wall goes up. So we're going to we're going to do our best to, to make sure that doesn't change the content of the show, um, you know, at all, if possible. So how do you stay motivated? You want that one or you want me to take it? Uh, I will. I'll take it real quick. Um, for my personally, you know, staying motivated for the podcast is is um, you know my journal, my journey through health and wellness has been it's been rocky, and the, and the reason that we called it the fit mess is because it's never perfect, and there's always ups and downs. And since we started doing this show, I have been holding myself more accountable to my own personal journey, and you know the the few people who have reached out to us who've listened and and said something about it we're actually making differences in other people's lives at this point in time i mean we're very early on but we're making differences and and you know those two things for me are really motivating to keep it going yeah i i, I agree with all that it's it's great you know even though a lot of times it's friends and family that we already know personally but when when they hear our show and they send us a picture of of their treadmill stats for that morning or whatever, like, I was listening to your show and finally got you know finally decided to do this or you know family workout for the first time in months. Thanks guys, like stuff like that. It's just like that's awesome that that it is working. Like whether it's for five people or five hundred people, if it's helping, that's sort of the point. Um, and for me, I think I think uh, similar to Zach, um, where I don't, I don't think I need the motivation to do the show, but I think the, the show helps me stay motivated to keep myself on track. Um, you know, I'll, I'll think about whether or not I really feel like working out today or whatever. And, and then I need to remember what is the story that I want people to hear? Do, do I want to share that I was lazy and gave up and didn't do it this week? Or did I, did I fight through that and meet my goals and do what I wanted to do? 
to live a healthier and better life. And so a lot of times it's in the back of my mind, what is the story that I'm telling and who is the person that I'm trying to be as I'm being authentic with an audience? Um, and it just sort of helps me um, stay on track that way, I think. You both are very relatable on the show. A lot of health podcasts that people kind of present themselves as like perfect, mm -hmm. but you're both very honest with your failings and your struggles. It's very endearing. Oh, thanks. That's that's the point. You know, Zach really had to talk me into this podcast because so many podcasts in this space, um, they are experts. They are, you know, dietitians, fitness professionals, whatever, like people that have gone to school or have some sort of specialized training and have a point of view that they themselves can impart, you know, wisdom or, or ideas or whatever. And I, I went into it going, I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't I don't have advice. I don't have anything that that I can share with someone that will help them other than my failure. And that was sort of where he said, yeah, me too. That's the show. And then my therapist said, yeah, dummy, that's your show. And I said, OK, fine, I'm in. Let's let's do it. Yeah. And, and to add so, to that, Jeremy, actually, you know, early on, I was like, it would be nice to have a show or two where it's just the two of us talking and maybe giving a little bit of advice. And he, you know, rightfully so pointed out to me that the we we don't know what we're talking about. I mean, we can talk about our personal experiences, but the whole point of the show is to bring on an expert and and have an expert talk to the audience uh, because, as he said, we don't know what we're talking about. And it, that was really good advice from Jeremy's side because I kind of wanted to do it alone and be like, we we can offer advice to the to the public masses, mm -hmm. but in all reality, we uh, we're just like everyone else. We're normal and not perfect. Well, and, and I like that by having a guest and and by acknowledging that we don't know what we're talking about, it really opens us up to be able to talk about every aspect of healthcare, whether it's mental health, addiction, uh, you know, dietary issues, exercise, whatever, like. There are a million people that know way more about every aspect of taking care of yourself than I do, and certainly that, that Zach knows. So it's nice to be able to sort of just, you know, cast a line and go, oh, that, that looks like an interesting perspective. Let's see if we can get that person. And, um, and so far, it's worked out every time. So, And what have been some of the biggest rewards of doing this show? I, you know, I think for me, um, the, the physical fitness part of my journey is relatively new. I've really taken it more seriously in the last year and just the accountability that the show uh, creates for me keeps me on track and, and keeps me focused on why I'm doing all the things I'm doing. Um, so I think that's been uh, one. And then, and then also just the people that you get to talk to and, and the connections that you make. I, that's what I loved about my, my last show that I did is we had, we had listeners that we, that lived on the other side of the planet, other side of the country but they were like family. You know, we would send each other Christmas cards. There was there was one time when I, uh, my family and I went to Florida, and listeners with their kid picked us up, took us out to dinner, drove us to our hotel. Like it was just you make these friendships around the world, um, without having to travel, which you know is good or bad. But I just I love that 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 this um, that podcasting allows you to make those connections with people. Uh, whether it's listeners or or guests or whatever, um, that's that's always been what's what's kept me in it for this long. Yeah, the connection between the podcaster and the listener is very strange. Unless you've experienced it, it's really hard to explain. And on both sides, from the listener to the podcaster, and the podcaster to the listener. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. We've had listeners that 
you know, and this again is more in reference to my old show, but um, we've had listeners that when they did meet us would say, it's so weird. I felt nervous about meeting you, but like, you're really nobody. So I have no reason to be nervous. You're just this person that I listen to. And that's really weird. Like I shouldn't be nervous, but I am. And it's really weird. Like, so it is, it's a, it's a very strange relationship, but it's, uh, it's really fun to, to be a part of those. And do you run any ads or ask for donations? Uh, we don't ask for donations. We do have a sponsor right now, um, Bravest Brewing in uh, Southern California. They they are a non-alcoholic craft brewery, so they make some of the best IPAs, ambers, and stouts that you can get. And they are, you know, they're they're alcohol free. They have like 0.1 percent or whatever, like any other non-alcoholic beer. But rather than being, you know, the crappy stuff that you buy at the store, it's mm-hmm. good craft beer. So it's it's really great to have them on board. Uh, and we have a couple other things that we're working on, but right now that's the only one that uh, has jumped on board so far. Okay, so we're going to go into the more kind of technical part. So what hosting provider are you using right now? Uh, we use Libsyn. And you've been happy with them? Yeah, I've I've been with them my entire podcasting career, uh, which started in 2005. I made the mistake a couple of years in of, of uh, jumping away from them to a free service um, and immediately regretted it and went back to, to Libsyn and never looked back. They've, their support is amazing. The services they provide are amazing. Um, they're really nice people when you get to meet them at various conventions or whatever. There's, it's just a good company and, and they're, it's, it feels good to be connected with them and to know that they've got your back. Yeah. I've been using them, gosh, what, since 2005, I think. Yeah. I never had a problem. Yeah. And what microphones do you use? Uh, these are RE twenties. Um, we actually record in a professional recording studio. Uh, I'm, I work in radio, so I have access to, um, recording studios. So we, uh, we're very lucky in that way that we get to just roll in and everything's ready and waiting for us. But as I'm moving across the country, I need to, I've been starting to research, you know, what I do need to get. So, you know, Jeremy's been pretty helpful. I've been sending him some Amazon links on what to get. So I'd actually like to turn it around and, and ask you what you're using, what you'd recommend for somebody who's got to do it from home. Oh, oh me. So um, yeah. <laughs> I have been using Zencaster. It's pretty good, but sometimes it um, garbles the voice of the host of the event, mm-hmm. which is uh, kind of frustrating. So I want to try, I think, um, Squadcast, I think. Um, I don't know if I really want to go back to Skype. Skype, I felt like I had a lot of frustration. Way too problematic. I would recommend uh, there's there's a relatively new one that we're also going to experiment with. It's called Clean Feed. Um, does does the same thing as Zencaster. I don't know if it offers you the mix down. You might have to record it yourself. Um, but I also noticed with Zencaster, we did a, a, an episode actually over Zencaster, and there was a problem with um, and. There was a problem with when too many people would talk at the same time, it would automatically duck and fade at at weird times. Um, so I, I'm not in love with it, but it's it's a fine sort of backup plan for now unless we find something better. Uh, a, a friend of mine uses Clean Feed and it sounds amazing. Um, so I, I need to experiment with a little bit more, but that's probably what we'll end up using. Yeah, the big advantage of Zencaster also for me doing interviews is I can just send people a URL and I don't have to have them download anything. Yeah, the same with CleanFeed. It's you just send an email oh, link. Good. Yeah. And so for your interviews, what are you using to record those? Um, have we done it? We haven't done any in person yet, have we? They've all just been either over the phone or yeah, no in person. I think we did a did we do one on Skype? We did one on Skype. We did one on Skype. Oh, we did with uh, uh Johan Hari. Yeah. yeah. And then I think the rest of them were over the phone. Yeah, most have been on the phone. Okay, and are you using your radio equipment to record those phone calls? Yeah. 
Okay, so some, probably a little beyond the reach of uh, some of the listeners. Yeah, not 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 home studio gear for sure. No, the, the phone system is like a Telos VX for for real gearheads. Um, and yeah, and then we've got a room full of there are what five RE20s in this room, so that's a load of money. They're all on various uh, boom stands, and then I've got what four computers in this room, three in the other room like a 30 channel mixer. So it's way more than any, any podcaster needs. It's way more than any radio station needs, but, um, but it works. And what software do you use to edit your episodes? Uh, I go between a couple, um, just the professional um, service that we have that I work with every day is called news boss. And it's got a, just a really simple um, single track recorder. And then from there, a lot of times when I need to mix multiple things, I'll just jump over to, um, What's it called? Audacity. Yeah. And about how long do you think that post-production takes? I would say maybe an hour tops. And that's that's if I go through it with a fine tooth comb and, and cut out a lot of the sort of verbal crutches that, that Zach and I have. Like I, I like to say yeah to everything that he says and, and he says, you know. And so I cut out about 450 yeahs and, and you knows from every episode. Um, but beyond that, it's, you know, it's pretty simple. The, the interviews we sort of get out of the guest's way and let them talk. Um, so unless they you know, end up sneezing or coughing in the middle of it or something, I don't, we don't really touch those. Uh, but then the actual conversation part that we have, I just try and tighten that up. So it's not as annoying to the listener to hear, you know, and uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, and how do you prepare for your shows? Uh, that's evolving. Uh, the first, the first couple of times we were very prepared, lots and lots of notes, Lots of ideas and bullet points and all the things we wanted to make sure we talked about. The last few episodes, we've been kind of scrambled and we sort of just roll in and, and talk about whatever the recent struggles have been. Yeah, it was really organized in the beginning and then it, it it's slowly starting to get disorganized. But at the same time, while that annoyed me to a certain extent, at the same time, like when we sat down and talked, it was just more... It, it was real. It yeah. was just unfiltered. It was just us talking. We hadn't planned it out. And um, not saying that everything that we talked about in the early shows was planned out, but it it just felt more natural um, yeah. to not be planned out. So um, I think it's becoming the conversations that we were having that we thought would be beneficial to people where initially we both, I think, still felt like we had to offer a perspective or, or a, some sort of guiding voice or principle to to help people and i think the more we do it the more we realize we just want to share our conversations and and that makes it more authentic and makes it easier to really just share what we're going through um which you know as you said i, I hope endears us to the audience more than um you know I, I don't want us to come across as authorities i want us to come across as people that are going through the same struggles and sharing the things that we're trying through the various experts that we talk to, uh, to, you know, improve ourselves. And how do you get your guests? Um, generally because of my line of work, several of them get pitched to me. Um, there've been a few that we are particularly fans or, or, um, you know, we bought their book or whatever that we've reached out to. Um, and they've said, yes, I'm, I've got my fingers crossed right now. If for any fitness nerds, I'm negotiating with Sean T from uh, the insanity workouts. And it sounds like something's going to come together. Um, so it's just, it's a lot of just, Hey, you know, this is a thing we're doing and explaining to the publicist or the person themselves, 
this is, you know, sort of the perspective we're trying to offer. We're fans of what you do or whatever. Um, and just, and just asking, you know, it's, it's amazing how just asking a lot of folks is really all it takes. And how do you schedule those interviews? Um, it's usually just a lot of back and forth email. I think, uh, you know, again, that's going to get tricky when Zach's in New York, just dealing, dealing with the time zone differences. Um, but it's, it's, uh, a lot of email back and forth. And actually the, the system you use, the, uh, whatever it is, Calendly, we, we just started experiment, started experimenting with that, um, after setting this up with you, because that seemed really like a, like a simple tool to sort of streamline that process. So hopefully that'll be something that will be a part of this as well. And do you have any advice for people doing interviews? Uh, don't, I guess have questions in mind in case you're, you're in a jam or you find that you tuned out somewhere during a really boring answer, but just be engaged in the conversation and don't worry about your questions. Um, a lot of times you'll, you'll have just, you know, your guest will have just explain something and then you'll ask them the question that they just answered in their last answer because you either weren't paying attention or you were more focused on your list than just engaging in the conversation. So just, you know, be prepared, but be prepared to throw that preparation out the window. Yeah. And one thing that I've learned now in all seven episodes, if you listen to like some of our earlier shows, my questions were this long ramble buildup that was like <laughs> two to three minutes long to get to a really short question. And it's, you know, it, it just took me the, I had to experience it and do it to figure it out, but really try and like tune your questions in to be as short and concise as pro as possible. Cause I really did go on and on and on, on a few questions early on where you could hear like the person we were interviewing, like tried to interrupt me in the middle of the question a couple of times. Right. Uh, because I was just going on and on and on. So just, I would say just try and keep them nice and short, concise and to the point. And I, and I think there's a temptation, especially if it's a guest that you're a fan of where like there's something just about getting to talk to somebody that you are a fan of, where you sort of automatically hope that by the end of it, you're best friends and, you know, you're hanging out on the weekends and, and you're, you're buddies immediately. So there's this temptation to like overshare your experience and, and why you connected with that person. And they're just going, dude, I got eight more after you. Let's wrap this up. I got, you know, I got things to do. So, um, yeah, so just be concise and, and be engaged. Um, I think is, uh, the, the main points I would offer. Yes, I've definitely been in that position of realizing, oh, I'm doing that thing where I'm making a comment and not a question. Right, right. right. <laughs> Which sometimes that's a valuable tool too. I mean, sometimes you can just, a, a simple, uh-huh, or tell me more about that, or or that's interesting, just allows the person to go, oh, you want to hear more about that, that idea? Okay. Like, I don't think you need to necessarily have a question all the time. A lot of times just acknowledging what the person said opens the door for them to say more. And a lot of times it's, it's an even more thoughtful or um, powerful answer than they initially gave. Yeah. And, and for our show in particular, though, it, it's helped out a few times to, you know, have them give their answer. And then we share, say, you know what, that's exactly what we experienced when we tried your method. And this is, this is what happened right. to me to like give them our own perspective on that, that small piece that they were talking about. And that's led into some other conversations as well. Yeah. And, and being engaged with, you know, whatever the, the guest has to offer really opens doors. There's, I think our first interview we did, uh, 
I think I did it my it was just me. I don't think you were able yeah, to be a part of that one. You did it. And it was so interesting because it was very much a standard sort of author interview where I would ask sort of the questions to get him to explain his his various points. But it wasn't until I shared, "Hey, so when I read your book and I applied your method to this one instance, all of a sudden he was like, "Oh, wow, you you actually read it." Like you could tell that he lit up and it wasn't just you know, here's the 10th interview I've done on this where somebody didn't actually read the book, but they just want me to explain it so they can have content for their show. But when when you are actually engaged with whatever it is that they're trying to to share with the world and have a personal experience, that's when you open those doors and get those more thoughtful uh, answers and, and those better interviews, because um, otherwise they're they're going through the motions as much as you are. Do you have any advice for people that are just starting new podcasts? Just keep doing it. I mean, that's, I've, I've been asked a million times in the last, whatever, 15 years about, you know, just starting or how to start. And it's just, you just have to do it. And whatever you think it's going to be, it's not going to be that. Whatever, whatever that first episode is, is going to be vastly different from the fifth one and vastly different from the 15th one, because it's going to evolve. You're going to have a basic idea that you want to get out there. And it's not until you actually sit down and do it and get comfortable with the way your voice sounds in your own headphones and the way you interact with people through telephone conversations or in person or whatever, it's all going to be an evolving process and it's only going to evolve if you do it. And if you sit around and overthink it and overplan it and, you know, go to 45 different meetups with other podcasters to meet them and get their idea, like you're just never going to do it. So you just have to do it and keep doing it. Yeah. And from, from my perspective, you know, I've procrastinated starting a podcast for 13 years or so. And a lot of it was just, I wasn't comfortable with the sound of my voice. You know, I, I know when you record your voice, it sounds completely different than what you hear in your own head. And I put it off for a long time and, and having the initial conversations with Jeremy and thinking to myself, wow, this is, this is getting real. This might actually happen. I went out and bought like a microphone and just started recording myself at home and listening to myself um, and initially I was like, oh my gosh, I sound stupid. <laughs> like I, that's, is that really what I sound like? And, you know, it, it took a little while to get used to hearing my own voice coming out of a speaker. And, you know, now if I listen to our podcast, it just sounds like any other podcast and my voice blends into everyone else's. So I would say, you know, record yourself, listen to yourself, get used to your own voice and and if if that's one of the fears that's preventing you from starting podcasting. And if all that fails, get really good at editing because you can make it just about anything sound good. I think it's really interesting if you go back and listen to our first episode. Uh, that episode was basically, uh, I wasn't sure how comfortable Zach was going to be. I, I wasn't sure what we were going to do. We didn't really have a framework. We sort of had you know bullet points of things we wanted to talk about. But that entire episode is just sort of a bunch of random conversations that we had that night just to sort of get used to talking to each other in this room and in this way. And it, somehow we were able to edit together a show out of it that was a coherent and I think useful episode. Compare that to any of the last couple that we've done where those are pretty much how it happened. It's just a straight conversation minus a few ums and ahs. Uh, I don't know that you would notice much of a difference. So if you're really good at edit editing, you can take you know your your sort of random uh, incoherent thoughts and put them together into something that might be uh, useful or entertaining. Yeah, I've been seeing a very well. What I think is a dangerous trend of new podcasters wanting to release an entire season at once. Oh, it's a huge mistake. And they really, yeah, yeah, they they miss out on that first episode growth 
yeah just learning what that's like yeah and and you know there's also uh, maybe this is just my addictive nature but there's something about putting that one out and seeing what sort of reaction happens and seeing if it resonated with anybody and if it worked and and going back and listening to it and going what can i do to improve on that and make that better is there you know what whatever various tweaks or things you can add um but i i just think it's it's if you did a massive dump of 10 to 12 episodes or whatever whatever your season is going to be and then you walked away it's not an ongoing evolving process it's it's something that you've kept to yourself you put it out there once and if it doesn't stick if it doesn't hit if nobody you know jumps on it then are you, you're going to go back into the studio and do 12 more like really that's i i, I don't see that working I, I would rather put one out there have five people listen put another one out and have 10 and go ah growth look at that now we're on to something um then put out 12 and have 12 people listen to them and then go, well, now what? Because I just spent three months making those shows or whatever. Yeah, I think it's a great way to procrastinate too. Oh, yeah. Like, we see this a lot in podcasters. If they put it out, put it off, put it off. And this is just one way of saying, well, I need six months to make my season. Right. Yeah, I think, you know, there's what, 600,000 podcasts. Uh, the odds that yours is going to stand out and be the next huge one, not very good. So if you're sitting around waiting for the perfect idea that's going to just stand out and shine and make you a million dollars and make you famous, uh, you're going to be really disappointed. But if you're interested in having conversations, meeting people virtually or whatever, and just have, you know, and have fun doing it, then just do it. There's, there's no, there's no method. There's no right way. It's, it's been the wild west of entertainment for 20 years or whatever. Uh, that hasn't really changed. There's the, it has only because NPRs and, and radio stations have sort of taken over and, and put their content into the space and, and they've made these really overproduced, um, you know, really easy to, to, to learn about shows where if you're some guy in your basement and you just want to make a podcast and put it out there, you're not going to compete with NPR. I mean, unless you have some just unique thing and some amazing way to market it, but uh, it really just has to be a passion project and, and it either is going to take off or it's not. And you have to be okay with either result. Yeah, that's a good point. I think there's a, everybody wants to make these highly produced podcasts that the radio stations are putting out, but they have no idea how much money and time and skill that takes. Oh, any, any one NPR episode where you hear all that music and drama and, and the way it's beautifully written and all that, that's, that's a team of people that are making decent money working hours and hours and hours to put that together. If you, one person, are going to try and compete with that, it's going to be a tough battle. Yeah, it's going to be impossible. You're <laughs> yeah. not going to be able to compete. <laughs> right, right. Because you also don't have the marketing machine of you know a national radio outlet to promote whatever your thing is. So, And even that, I mean, I work at a radio station where we promote podcasts that we produce and it doesn't hit, you know? So it's just, it, there's just a certain magic to those that, that, uh, that do find an audience. And typically the method is, Get famous, do a podcast, it gets successful. That's pretty much the only way to to win in podcasting. Yeah, that's the joke about like I want to be the next Joe Rogan. Right. It's like, okay, we have to start in comedy like decades right. ago. Right. Spend a good twenty years in a club, get a couple TV shows, get really famous, get involved in UFC, then start a podcast, and then man, you you're really onto something. So have you found any channels to be um specifically good about getting new listeners? Um, 
Do you mean in terms of just the actual show distribution or, or social media? Or? Um, I think I, yeah, I worded that question very poorly. I was <laughs> meaning more like Twitter or Instagram or just word of mouth or any kind of other methods of marketing your show. Uh, I don't know about marketing the show, but in terms of like audience engagement, I think Instagram is where we get the most sort of interaction, you know, likes and comments and whatever on, on whether it's show posts or, or just random, you know, blog posts or just things that we share, random photos or whatever. There, there seems to be a much more active audience there, uh, than anywhere else. Um, you know, in Twitter, you're just one of a million that are going by in the next 10 minutes. Um, Facebook is sketchier and sketchier every day. So I think people are a little bit hesitant to engage, uh, there where they used to be a little bit more involved. So, um, I think it's, it's mostly that. And, you know, again, we're a new show. So a lot of our audience is people that we know, and it's really great to hear the in-person feedback of, Hey, I listened to that one and I really like that, that author. I went out and bought that book or whatever. Um, so I don't know if that answers your question. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 About how much time do you think you spend, you know, promoting your show? Uh, I mean, I don't know if I promote the show as much as, as focus more on trying to promote a brand. Um, we're, we're trying now to, to sort of populate our website with more blog posts, at least daily. Um, we're trying to engage online through the various channels, you know, a couple times a day, uh, just to sort of be top of mind for folks that, you know, if they haven't listened in a while, that maybe they'll see that tweet and go, Oh, I haven't heard that show. I wonder, you know, what they've done or whatever. So I, I don't worry as much about show promotion. A couple of them, we actually threw some, some money at Facebook and Twitter and, uh, saw some pretty decent results from that. But, um, for the most part, it's more about just sort of getting the brand out there to stay present in people's, you know, thought process when they're going to, to find something to listen to. Yeah. We, we specifically, um, we, in the, on our website, the description of our show and, and site, <clears throat> we decided to, rather than say, you know, we are a podcast that does X, uh, we very specifically said we were trying to build a community, uh, around the show. So, I mean, it's, it's mainly conversations with us, but we want to build a community of people who listen and, and try to take better care of themselves. Yeah. That's definitely a key difference right there. You know, some people are all about self-promotion. Some people are built, are building in communities and the people that build communities always win. (laughs) Yeah. And it's tricky to do. Um, it, it's really easy to get lost in shouting to the world that you're here and you exist and you want people to pay attention to you. Um, and in doing so sort of forgetting that you're trying to say to people, Hey, I'm here for you and want you to be a part of this. Um, that's a lot easier to say we're building a community. I mean, saying it is really easy. And then when you sit down and say, okay, what are the next steps to build that community? And we look at each other blankly (laughs) going, uh, I I don't know what we do. So do you keep up with, uh, the podcasting industry news that much? I try to, I get really annoyed by it because, you know, every day there's a new article, how to win at podcasting, a start a podcast, B get gear, C post on social media. Like, you know, everyone's got the formula that everyone's been doing since 2005 and it's not working for anybody that didn't start as a, you know, as a celebrity. Um, so it's, it's really easy to get turned off by that stuff. Every now and then you'll stumble across something that's got some new insight, some new ideas, uh, but it's really rare. So it's, it's really hard for me to keep track of it because I just, you know, I've been doing this long enough. I know 
I know what works and I know what doesn't. Um, so it's, it's just frustrating to, to see article after article of, you know, here's the next big thing. And it's something you tried five years ago that didn't work. Yeah. And from, from my perspective, it's, you know, being brand new to it, I kept, you know, like sending Jeremy articles or, or saying something like, Hey, have you seen this? Have you, have you looked at this article and, you know, getting the in-person or virtual head shake of, uh, this don't look at this crap. <laughs> it's it's been uh, interesting and and eye opening of how much you know introductory garbage is out there. Well, it's all got affiliate links too, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, top ten microphones to buy if you're starting a podcast. All of them link to my Amazon store. So, do you have any sources that you trust, or is it are you kind of stuck? <laughs> um, I. I, I know a few people in the community. You probably even know uh, one guy, Rob Greenlee from uh, Spreaker, which mm-hmm. is now owned by somebody else. Uh, Rob's been a, a good uh, ally over the years. He's helped me with different branding stuff. And uh, I, we, the show I did before was part of his network for a while. He's usually got some some really good advice. He, um, the Spreaker newsletter is actually a pretty decent one. They they put out some, some pretty solid uh, ideas every now and then. Um, and it's mostly just, you know, talking to people like you. I know you, you've organized a couple of meetups and uh, we've missed both of them, but we, we do plan to attend. Um, but it's mostly just talking to actual people about what they're doing and what's actually working. That That's always way more valuable than whoever, you know, is, is posting the latest clickbait on how to take advantage of people that are just now learning about podcasting as it becomes more and more popular. And do you listen to that many podcasts yourself? <sighs> You probably listen to more than I do. Yeah, I I would say I've got about twenty or thirty that I listen to regularly. Yeah, wow. I, I listen, I listen to them at like two point five x, three x, so I can I can get through a whole bunch of them. Uh, <laughs> and that was, you know, I say I've been procrastinating this for thirteen years. I was introduced to podcast thirteen years ago, and I just I like fell in love with it. And this is like podcasts are probably 95% of what I listen to. I don't listen to music. Um, you know, I listen to some audio books here and there, but like it, it's all podcasts. And I just, you know, I, I like some of the celebrity ones, but at the same time, I really just enjoy the ones where it's, you know, two or three people just getting together and talking and, you know, you can't reply back, but you just feel like you're in the room with them. Yeah. I'm just looking now in my, uh, my Apple podcast app. I have eight that I subscribe to. I probably listen to two of them semi-regularly, um, but I listen to tons of like audiobooks. Uh, so that's that's more what gets my attention. And as podcast listeners, do you have any certain podcast pet peeves? You know, I mean the the ad saturation has gotten really difficult to sift through when you yeah. first listen, and it's here's an ad sponsored by an ad sponsored by an ad. Quick show open. Also today sponsored by blah blah blah. Like, you really, I mean, if you're going to do it, get one to write a big check or spread them out a little more. But, you know, when you front load your podcast with ads, all you're making me do is hit the skip button. Um, yeah. I was just going to say that I've, there's a couple of shows where, you know, I, I fast forward to about minute six because mm-hmm. I know that the first six minutes are all ads. And every now and again, I'm surprised that they've launched into the content and I go back 30 seconds and it and it's there's the, the end of the ad. <laughs> right. So it. You know, having five minutes of an ad at the very beginning of your show is you're just going to click skip. I mean, if it's the first 30 seconds, I'm not going to bother. Yeah. If it's, you know, if it's a bother with it, if it's a, a pre-roll. Okay. 
I'll, I'll sit with you and then I'll hear you're open and then I'll give you maybe one more ad and then I'm either skipping or I'm finding something else to listen to. Yeah. I always found like if you put them in the middle of the show, mm-hmm. that's my phone's put away or I'm mowing the lawn or I'm, I'm, I'm in the middle of something if, if it's the middle of the show and that's when I can't skip ahead. Mm-hmm. Even if I wanted to, I can't. So then I, I have to listen to but it. That's, but that's the tough thing when you're selling is you're trying to tell someone, you know, hey, listen, you know, subscribe or um, sorry, sponsor my show. And yours will be the first thing people hear whenever they hit play. And, you know, that way, you know, they'll hear it because there's not there's not a great way to measure how long a listener sticks around. I know that there's that's changing slowly, um, but that that advertiser wants to know that they're definitely going to be heard when they write you that check or whatever. But if you try and convince them that, sure, I can put you at the beginning, but you're going to get skipped if I bury you in the middle when they're in the middle of doing whatever it is they're doing, they're way more likely to, to stick around. And if it's part of the conversation, if it's not some pre-produced or a really obvious ad, I mean, you, you don't want it to be a secret, but if it's part of the conversation, it's just way more interesting than, you know, and now this segment brought to you by Nike or whatever, you know, a produced thing you have to put together to, to make yourself feel like you're doing it right. Yeah. I think that's one of the biggest pet peeves I have too, is, is if it's, if it's produced, if you're, if you just do an interview with somebody and then you just insert your ad right into the middle of it and you hear the quality of the, of the voice change, mm-hmm. it, it, it's jarring to a certain extent. Um, so it, it, it's nice to actually just make it part of the conversation and make it nice and easy and, and flowing through. Yeah, I've been noticing some of these dynamic ad insertion things where oh, yeah. the, uh, vo- the levels are totally wrong. So yeah. you just get blasted by the commercial. Well, and, and uh, you know, that can be tricky because unless you are precise, uh, it could your guest could be making a really profound point and all of a sudden, you know, Blue Apron can deliver food to you tomorrow or, you know, or whatever. Like it's I, I again, I think it just takes away from any uh, authenticity that the show offers if that is what you're going for. If, you know, if you want your show to sound mechanical and, and robotic, more power to you. I know for our show, we, we, you know, we, for Bravest Brewing, we've reached out to them and they're a sponsor. It, we, I guess we haven't really even like tried to figure out where we would throw them into the shows. It just happened as part of the conversation. Um, the nature of our show around, you know, being healthy and being able to still drink beer that doesn't have alcohol in it. It, it just seems to naturally flow into our conversation and, for me, I like that better than the, the you know, here's a pause and whatever it is we're right. talking about and an advertisement. Yeah, it's it's funny to be able to share. Like the last episode we were talking about, you know, Zach's moving. So I was helping to move uh, last weekend. And um, it was just funny how at one point we took a beer break without, you know, it being real beer or whatever. And it just was kind of a funny, you know, glimpse at this lifestyle to be able to share that as content that's also a sponsor. So, um, you know, again, for us, authenticity is, is the key. And so, you know, we're not going to advertise something that we don't use or believe in, or, um, you know, that, that isn't a part of our life. We're not going to just take a check to mention some company because it's money. We, we want it to be something that, uh, is a part of our, uh, routine, part of our journey, part of our life. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's great talking to you. Yeah, you too. Um, how can we find your show? Uh, the easiest way is probably just the website, thefitmess.com. There you've got links to all the various social media 
things. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, you can email us info at thefitmess.com. Um, that's probably the best way. All right. Thank you. Thank you. We really appreciate this. Thanks.